Oh, <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to Network Chuck. And this is now our third? Third week in a row. Third week in a row, our third live stream. First of all, thank you so much for coming around this evening and for hanging out with us. We're going to have some fun topics tonight. Well, really one fun topic, and that's how to study. Um, we're going to hit 10 study habits, the top 10 for 24, and that's just for the algorithm. I'll probably... Go a bit more. Um, Are you saying there might be some bonus study habits? I don't want to promise anything, <laughs> but there might be some bonus study habits. Um, Ooh the, la la. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, don't calm down. It is pretty exciting. Um, so I hope you have a coffee ready. Uh, I'll be detailing some study habits that I've just I've learned uh, over the years, kind of um, uh, from reading books, from just trial and error with myself. Because uh, I spend, my, my job is pretty much studying. That's what I do. Uh, on YouTube here, I'm making content about things I know nothing about the week prior. <laughs> and that's and that's a required skill, is to know how to study well. And of course, I've built my career through getting certifications and studying through that process. But anyways, chat, how you guys doing? You guys feeling okay? Are you drinking coffee? What are you drinking today? I'm drinking uh, Red Bull and... Um Who's holding my Red Bull? None other than Juniper. Oh, Juniper. So Juniper mugs can also hold Red Bull and coffee? Is there <laughs> anything they can't do? I don't know. Um, anyways, <laughs> we're done with those shenanigans, as uh, John Hammond might say. Now, we will jump into a bit of news as we uh, tried last time. We'll also do it again this time. Um, Austin's our unofficial news anchor. He's going to... Okay, I did not see um, this coming. Unofficial news anchor? <laughs> Never mind, I take that back. He's the official news anchor. And so we'll be doing some news. We'll jump into study habits, which I hope will really help you guys out. And then, of course, at the end, we'll do some AMA. Um, any study habit questions you might have, we'll jump into that. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> Moving on to the news. <laughs> this guy's all business, man. Uh, starting with AI, uh, Google has made the headlines twice this week. First with their Lumiere, their text-to-chat, uh, our text-to-video creation. Mm. have a little demo here for you. Okay, okay. So, so you can literally... It's kind of like how Dolly works now. I mean, this is only a demo, so you can't play with it. But essentially, you can type out what you want, and it'll just create videos for you. Just Still like a that. little janky, but it's starting to get... Starting to get real. Starting to get real. Okay. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really excited for that because one of the biggest pain points we have is getting good B-roll. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, Amen, uh, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or we pay for it. Like, I wonder, so there's services out there like Videoblocks and mm. um, Artlist that they, they sell B-roll like this. And if you can just create this out of thin air from anything you have in your brain, what's it yeah. going to do to these companies? Yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like, can you do it with any kind of a uh, person? You know, could you make a Network Chuck video with a prompt? Mm. Network Chuck sipping coffee on a beach? 
It's only a matter of time anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my days are numbered. <laughs> Moving on, we also have uh, Google's Gemini Pro is beating out ChatGPT4, apparently, so they claim. Um, I don't really know much about this one other than just on their, like, basic run-through tests. It's producing answers faster and better, supposedly. Mm. I don't know what all the metrics are for that. Does it say, like, how many um, parameters it's trained on or anything? Is that something you can see, like, really quickly? <laughs> it probably says it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's the name of the yeah. game in AI. I'm actually producing some content right now on the specifics of what it takes to train AI in a data center and what that looks like. And it's, it's insane what they're doing nowadays. So much so that the data centers can't handle it. They're under stress. Uh, hmm. We're talking from power to cooling to networking. They weren't built for that. So if you're looking for that content, it's going to be fun. That's crazy. Um, and finally, the most horrifying new AI is coming to town. Have you heard of Morpheus? I've not heard of Morpheus. Morpheus is a new AI that claims to induce lucid dreaming. So if you didn't think AI was scary enough, now it can control the way you dream. <laughs> um, not much is known about this other than their claims, but how crazy is that? Um, so are they saying how it works? Like you just watch a video or it, what's the input? How, how do they get it to you? Or are they telling you that? They're, they're saying um, like... It's, um, I guess they've been working on this for the past few years. I've seen like... I've seen the basically the earliest stages of this was they're reading brainwaves and trying to like describe dreams. But I haven't heard anything of that in a while. So I wonder if maybe they're pivoting. Maybe they maybe that didn't work quite well and now this does. <laughs> but I don't know. But it's weird. Hey, um, I, super creepy though. I respect the pivot. <laughs> Um, let's just go dot family. My personal channel says I need that. I guess my <laughs> wife's in there. Hi, babe. <laughs> Would you uh, do an AI lucid dream? No. For science? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, would you? Yeah. You would do anything, though. Like, I'd, I'd like, try anything once. Like, <laughs> like VR or, or AR. Now, people are asking, like, who you are, because I'm realizing that, you know, every week we probably have new viewers oh. coming in. Who the heck are you, buddy? I am Austin. I am uh, Network Chuck's one of his talented video editors. No, I'm just no, he's. I'm one talented. of the editors. Two editors, one talented editor. I'll let you know who's who. <laughs> You'll let us know. <laughs> it's Florida Nick. <laughs> no, I'm one of Chuck's editors, um, and I guess I've been branching off into like mm -hmm. trying to get better at camera work and like other stuff and. And uh, like this year, I guess I'm getting more on camera. It's more new. on camera and more into tech. And this is one of the reasons. So this is Austin was my first hire. One of the reasons I love having him on the stream is that it gives me the chance to when we're talking about technical things to explain it from a simpler level. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to just like tech speak tech jargon to you guys. If you're just starting out, maybe having a bit of a tech explaining coming your way <laughs> might might be helpful. I know for me, when I first started out, I'm like, I, I enjoy watching people talk, but I have no idea what they're saying. So it's yeah. helpful to have some information. I'm kind of like the new blit, litmus test for you. Yeah. Because you can, if I'm like, something's going way over my head, mm -hmm. you can like stop and like explain it a little more. It's good to have one of those new litmus tests. Someone did say, <laughs> um, is that Chuck AI with just a better haircut? Um, uh, he did we'll, just, <laughs> we'll reveal that at the end of the episode. <laughs> he did just get a haircut. It looks pretty good. 
I like it. The wife does not like it. <laughs> Anyways, moving on out of AI, Elon Musk uh, installed his first Neuralink implant into his first human patient and claims that they're recovering well. So the device he installed is called telepathy, and it's designed to essentially, I guess the hope, if everything goes correctly, it'll allow the patient to do things like move the cursor with their minds or even like eventually access social media and do all this crazy stuff with just their brain power. No, <laughs> that's a hard no. I mean, okay, so from like the fun perspective mm -hmm. in a world full of lollipops so, and Wonka land, that sounds fun, yeah. right? But in reality, that's just <laughs> one more attack vector. That's one more oh, yeah. area that we can get hacked. I mean, we're already worried about IoT. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. Putting um, intelligent beings inside of our house. Her name's Alexa. And that's already a thing. I do that. I'm, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I do that. Uh, but putting it inside your brain. Like that? Yeah. Would you do so, it? Well, let me clarify. Because this is the early stuff. Early stuff. And this patient... Well, I don't know if this patient specifically... But it's designed to help people with with diseases like ALS and stuff like where they have this muscle dystrophy kind of thing mm. or have trouble controlling their functions. They can use this to kind of help them communicate and stuff. So if it's that kind of situation, I'd probably consider it. Just for funsies, heck no. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. way. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> knowing that we can we can start that process now. We're seeing the very beginnings of it. Um, it's pretty scary. Yeah. On the other hand, though, um, if like I saw someone say hackable brain, if you could somehow hack your brain to like where you're and maybe you're struggling with depression instead of mm. taking a pill and, and having all the, the chemicals in your body, you could just, just do a little tweaking, little, little, little software update. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Um, it could also work the other way around and that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. And that kind of leads into a little bit of, well, I, Almost spoiled, uh, spoiler alerted there. Ooh. Before I get into hacking news, I have some Apple news. Mm. Um, first off, Apple is bringing uh, side loading alternatives, this uh, website claims, but it's essentially alternative app stores they're going to finally allow within the iPhone, built in, but only in the EU. Huh. Now, that's. No, I, no I, I guess because the EU probably forced them to yeah, do that. forced their hand, I'm assuming. Yeah, so that's what brought us USB-C. Thank you, EU. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I like that because one of the things you, you get with Apple is that closed ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And for me, I like the idea of knowing that if I install an app from the App Store, I know it's going to work and I know it won't break my phone, mm -hmm. uh, which I never really had that confidence on an Android phone. So having another App Store, is Apple going to have their hands around that? Are they going to have regulations? I would assume they do that. But man, that's kind of crazy. If you take comfort in the security of Apple apps, I have some very bad news for you. <laughs> is that the next news item? It is. <laughs> um, a uh, recent study discovered that iPhone push notifications are allowing developers to send out backdoor um, data about their users without Apple being aware. So it originally was created for Apple allowing customizable push notifications, but they found that developers like TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Bing, among others, 
are using that to sell extra little something something data behind the push notifications. What? Pretty crazy. <laughs> so I'm actually in the process of trying to get my um, Network Chuck Academy app on the App Store. And let me tell you, it's it's a lot of hoops. Like to fill out all the boxes and, and mm-hmm. like uh, all the things. Like I, I'm I'm not gonna allow this type of data. No, I'm not doing this type of data. Like you have to explicitly say what you're doing. It's crazy that they're allowing this. Yeah. Uh, wow. I imagine Apple's working on it. Yeah. <laughs> actively. <laughs> I would but, hope uh, so. Yeah. And then <clears throat> moving on from there, um, the new mother of all breaches, data breaches, was just discovered recently. Um, this news is updated January 29th. So was that yesterday? Yes. It's already the end of January? <laughs> Are you serious? Okay, anyways, go ahead. Um, it was a cybersecurity researcher, Bob Dyakinko. We'll call Sorry, him Bob. Bob. Um, he discovered over 26 uh, billion exposed records in an open instance. And they're saying, just for context, the last mother of all breaches was like roughly 12% the size of this. So some of it is included with that. Like it's counting in that with this, I think a little bit. But that's crazy. And now, saying, what type of data are we talking about? Um, I don't know the difference. Are <laughs> <laughs> we talking like emails, passwords? So, uh, like yeah, a lot of like account information. But it's saying because I was reading in one part of it saying like, if you share the same account at, from Netflix and Gmail, then they'll get from your Netflix account to your Gmail account, mm-hmm. and they're just linking stuff like that. So I, yeah. I'm assuming it's a lot of information, mostly like that. Mm. But it's like the biggest. Ever. So pretty well, crazy. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust your data with anyone except for Network Chuck Academy and NetworkChuck.coffee. We'll keep your data safe. And that's <laughs> all I got for the news. Cool, cool. Thank you, a news anchor Austin, for uh, doing that for us today. Um, our next segment will be jumping into the study habits, but before we do that, we're going to thank our sponsor, Any.run. Now, Any.run is something I use, um, I have used in the past. It's something I want to use a lot more. And what it's for is actually pretty killer. They provide a sandbox for you to test malware. The bad stuff, the scary stuff. Um, let me ask you a question, Austin. Can I test some uh, malware or viruses on your computer? When uh, we're done here? Yeah, absolutely. See, he'll do anything <laughs> once. This is the third time, by the way. You don't know. I've been testing stuff on your PC a lot. <laughs> Thank you for any dot ruins. I can stop testing stuff on Austin's PC. Um, but no, no, you wouldn't want to test malware on your own PC. Uh, you want a nice enclosed environment that that malware cannot escape out of and and do some bad things. So mal- what this is for is for researchers. So for people who want to study malware, because malware at the end of the day is just software that tries to break stuff. And so it's very intriguing, very fun to watch. Um, people like John Hammond, who we ha- we've had on the channel, I've been on his, that's part of his job. Like he r- helps reverse engineer some malware and they run stuff inside any.run to make sure it's nice, nice, safe and sandboxed. Sorry, I need some more coffee to make sure I can talk well enough here. Now, it's not like a super complex software to use. It's actually pretty simple, um, easy to run. It delivers results fast. It'll actually kind of run through and show you what the malware does as it, like you deploy it. Um, I've definitely used that a lot. And um, in the past, when I worked in a corporate environment, uh, and they just actually added a Linux sandbox. So typically, you know, we're thinking malware. We're thinking the, the biggest population of corporate users will be Windows, right? Well, Linux is getting up there. And we have Linux servers everywhere. We're seeing Linux-based OSs become so popular. 
we got to have those attack vectors looked at. We got to be able to examine that malware. So you can now run that on any.run. Um, so check out the link in the description. I think they have a thousand companies and 300,000 active users who are detecting their new threats daily. So I got a promo until February 6th. Use code Chuck20 for 20% off on the Searcher and Hunter Terrace for three, six, or 12 months. Thank you to any.run for sponsoring this live stream episode and for keeping us safe and letting us run malware um, on someplace else besides Austin's computer. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, any.run. <laughs> you always have our backs. Uh, real quick stream, how are we doing? Uh, I just want to see if you guys have any comments, concerns. Um, actually, what I might do, and this is a new feature in YouTube I've never used before, so be patient with me, please. Um, as we're about to go through the study habits, I want you to tell me if you have any study habits that you use, because I mean, my list is not exhaustive. So I want to hear what you do. I know a lot of you are study geniuses, or maybe some of you just starting out. I don't know. But let's see. I'm gonna start a Q&A here in the chat. And if you're watching this afterwards, obviously, you can't partake. But let me see. Do you have any study habits? I'm gonna ask that right now. Never used this before. This should be fun. Cool. I just asked it. So I'm gonna go into my first study habit. Um, again, I'm really excited about this. Study habits are kind of my passion. Um, and actually, I kind of solidified my ideas about studying early or no, late last year when my daughter started having a lot of trouble in school. So my oldest daughter, she's getting to the higher levels of school where you can't just kind of skate by. You have to actually take good notes and study well. So I'm like, okay, let me let me kind of brain dump everything I know about studying for you. And that's kind of what I just I pulled from when I when I kind of scripted this live stream. So the first big study habit, and this is when you start to encounter any type of uh, subject uh, or any type of um, uh, any type of discipline you want to tackle. You need. Actually, hold on. Where's my correct list? Uh-oh. <laughs> you need to be prepared. <laughs> no, I found it. It's in my Obsidian, which I'll make a video about later. We can't talk about that right now. The first thing you need to do is have a very clear goal in mind. And why are you studying? So as you, when, like when you become, like when you're a student uh, and you're trying to get a certification, or even as, as an adult, and you're trying to study and get a certification, it's hard because you have to find the time. Now, Austin, you're kind of seeing this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got a job, you've got a family, and I'm now making you get a certification, the mm -hmm. CompCA Plus. It's not easy. No. <laughs> um, well, you've got a ton of time, right? Like, that's no big deal. Um, I have less and less time every day, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very uh, news anchor style. I, I love that. I'm still getting out of the news mode. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll wash out. Uh, but you're going to hit hard times. Like, you know, everyone, we, we kind of have that New Year's resolution vibe when we start studying, when we pick a certification path, like, yes, I'm so excited. I got this book. I've got this training course. I'm going to rock this until the end. I'm going to be amazing. Week one, <laughs> you're good. Week two, mm, not so much. A little tired. Uh, you got a few things that distracted you. You got some priorities that you let jump in front of you. The reason that happens is that you don't have your clear goal in mind and you don't have a big enough why. So for me, when I uh, first started my career and I was first starting to, stu starting to study for certifications, I, my big why was my life is kind of hard right now. Uh, I was literally a, a toilet salesman. I sold toilets over the phone to apartment complexes. Not fun at all. I hated it. It was soul crushing. If you do that and you love it, that's fine. It was not for me. And uh, I needed to change. 
So my big why was getting out of that situation and making more money for my growing family. We just had our first daughter. So I'm like, I've, I've got to do something. So I started studying for the CompTIA A+. Mm. And I mean, this was like trying to find every moment between uh, breaks at my job. This was staying up late at night. And that's, that's not fun because, I mean, come on. We got Netflix. We got video games. So studying isn't easy for you either. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> I mean, studying is hard. And you guys, I mean, in the chat, let us know. Studying's not easy. Uh, but I, actually, I'm, I am going to cover some topics here that maybe will make it a bit easier. And I see some people answering the questions. This is fantastic. Um, I'll get into that here in a bit. Uh, so define your why and then set a, have a clear goal. And wh what I mean goal, you got to have a really good finish line. So I know people, I'll see like emails or I'll, I'll get uh, Twitter DMs or something asking me, hey, how do I start studying ethical hacking or how can I become a network engineer? And your goal is to study, but that's such a like a, a broad thing to say. Like I'm just going to become an ethical hacker. I'm going to study ethical hacking. That's fine. And you can study ethical hacking, but where's your... Where's your next goal? What's that thing you're working towards so you can take off and go, I did that. If you had this endless trend, uh, endless treadmill of just learning, 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 that's so frustrating. And when you have no reward system built into that, you're going to fail. So that's why I always tell people, and that's why I love certifications. Like if, if you can pick a certification that has a clear finish line, a deadline where you study all this stuff and then you take that test, bam, you know you did something. You spent all that time learning. And that's, that's why I love that. So have a goal and have a, um, have a big why. Have your why. And I know a lot of people, and this is with me, like in my cubicle, in my terrible job I had, I would write it on a post-it or sometimes I would print it out. And I would just attack that to my wall. Like here's my why. Some people put it on like a post-it on their mirror in the bathroom in the morning. Mm -hmm. so they can wake up and just see it immediately so that you're reminded of that and just get in that mindset. Um, yeah, that is number <laughs> one. That is number one. Let me, guys, uh, let me know if you guys have any uh, questions on that. And actually, I have a question for you in the chat. What is your goal and what is your why? Um, people, people need examples. So like, if you have a good one, let us know what it is so we can kind of benefit our community here. Uh, habit number two. Uh, this one's important and one I'm always struggling with, but you have to do it, and that's set a schedule. Um, your study times. They're not going to happen by themselves. <laughs> They're not. You know what will happen by itself? Uh, Netflix. Video games. Mm. You don't have to try hard for that. That just happens. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you get home, you blink, and suddenly you have a controller in your hand. And how did that happen? Uh, studying won't happen by accident. You have to force this sucker to happen. You have to establish that time. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of wrote a little bit of a, a joke in the, in the script, and it's not funny at all. Uh, <laughs> It's not even a joke. Just something about marathoning that new Power World game. <laughs> Have you heard about that game? Yeah. <laughs> Who's playing Power World? I, I heard it's really awesome. I I gotta study. I can't I can't even look at that. Can't even look at that. So if you're if you're thinking about buying that video game and you have a certification you're working on, don't buy it. Don't even give yourself the temptation. In fact, this is kind of like a maybe a, a one dot two goal, and that's um or study habit. Make that a reward for yourself. Maybe Power World is the reward for you after you finish that certification. I'm just tickled that you know what Power World is. <laughs> I'm not that old. Dude. <laughs> I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> so in the chat real quick, let me know when do you study? Uh, is it on a Monday afternoon? 
Is it when you get home from work? Is it in the mornings before work? Do you wake up super early and establish that time? Uh, you got to have that time. When you started out, what, what was your time? What worked best for you? <laughs> for me, it was getting to work early. Because uh, I, I lived in a small apartment at the time, so I had mm-hmm. no place to study. I didn't want to go to a coffee shop because I didn't have to buy coffee and I didn't have any money. So I would actually go to work early, which did two things, right? My boss thought I was awesome because I'm at work <laughs> early. He's like, oh, my gosh, this guy is really hustling. I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but I was sitting at my desk studying for an hour. And it's, you know, it's quiet. Mm-hmm. No one's there. You got the early people coming in. They're normally pretty quiet. You got the coffee brewing. It was a perfect scenario. So if you have a chance to just, like, come in early, do that. Before I had that luxury, um, I would study between sales calls. Like, I would be like, you know what? I'm going to make a call, and then I'm going to study – for 30 minutes. And I know that's terrible for my job, but I wasn't trying to be super ambitious in that one. So, <laughs> hey, but I met my numbers and that's you all that matters. You still made those sales calls. I that's made those sales thing. calls. I made those sales calls. Uh, number three kind of bleeds into this a bit. Um, we kind of talked about time, but you also need to have that place. And this can be harder. And I just, I kind of went into that. Like I had a few places that you asked me like uh, what my time was. It was at work or it was uh, at my desk and my sales job. But if you have like if you have the chance to study at home, establish a place to study. I don't care if it's at the kitchen table or if it's in your office, but make that your place. That and this does amazing things for your brain. And I actually did this for my girls. So my girls are homeschooled, and they were doing their homeschool at our uh, at our house, not the studio here, and they weren't getting any work done. It was super distracting because I have six kids. So there's kids running around and they would just wake up in the morning, go straight to their desk, which is like right outside their uh, bedroom doors. And they had no separation. They had no mode change. Uh, So what I did is I said, you know what? We're done with this. You can't keep getting behind. It's super frustrating. I know. So let me move you guys to the studio. And we did that. So now they have their computer desk here at our studio. They're here with dad. I'm principal dad now. Uh, They hated me for doing that because they did not like the idea of this. But after a week... They thanked me for this because they, it happened. They were able to go from home to school mode by a physical change. And I mean, at the end of the day, guys, we're the humans. Our brains work that way. And we have to kind of hack our brains, not in the Elon Musk way, but in the <laughs> normal ways to get ourselves in the right mindset, the right, the right mind frame. So just those simple things like having a time, a little place where you study and the second you sit there, it, your, your body just automatically puts yourself in that mode. You want to make it as easy as possible for yourself. That's so interesting because I'm like relating that even to just like before the studio existed and me working from home. And I didn't like I was like a little bit like, ah, oh, I got to come in the studio now. But there was like that cl- even just like work related. This isn't even like extra studying that clear separation of like when I was home, I was in this weird limbo or when I'm working, I feel a little too lax. And when I wasn't mm-hmm. working, I felt a little too stressed because it's like no mental separation. And just to have that like break. I, and I take like I was talking with uh, Alex, who's off and on in the stream in shorts. <laughs> and that he feels the same way. Like he can't go home and do his homework or studying or whatever, because it's like he needs that separation. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, it can be poisonous. Uh, mixing those those two modes, and then if you're if you're always like um, if you're like for example, my daughter tries to do her school in, in her bed, and I'm like, that's the worst place you do that because your bed should be for rest. That's where you sleep, unless you have no other options. I mean, and she does have options. You shouldn't be doing anything else but sleeping in your bed. That's it. 
Uh, you want to make sure you have modes where, where you feel relaxed and places that you feel relaxed where you can just kind of chill. And if you're always working and doing stuff in that one area, that's going to kill you. So anyways, we'll move on from that. And chat, let me know, where do you study? Um, again, people need ideas. Where, where do you study? Do you have a place in your house? Is, is it on the couch, in the corner? Um, <laughs> it makes me think of an episode of The Office where uh, the Michael Scott Paper Company has just launched <laughs> and in that little closet. Yeah. And they needed their own space. So they each had a corner. Yeah. <laughs> but they had their space. And that kind of put them in the right mode. It, you probably need more space Maybe than that. Maybe put up a divider or something if that's your situation. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a pair of headphones. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what that also does, uh, and I forgot to add this, is a little thing, and I don't think you guys have... I had them reading a book called um, Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. And have you hit the concept of habit stacking yet? Not yet. Mm. <laughs> this is good. Michaela's saying she has. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So what you can do for your study habit is stack it or chain it to a habit you're, you're already doing. Like maybe mm. you already love doing. So maybe... Maybe you have an area in your house, like maybe you have a little breakfast nook or the table, mm -hmm. and you eat your favorite breakfast there. Then get right in the habit right after breakfast of studying. And that's your study place too. Just flip it nice. over. So you can kind of habit stack things to, to put yourself in the right mindset and hack your brain. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about here is hacking that brain. Uh, and I, Does that have anything to do with like the, do you get like the dopamine hit from like, oh, like, oh, breakfast at the table? And then you're all like in this good mood. And then it's like, now it's time to study. Is, you know, do you feel that when you do that? It's so funny you mentioned that. So I literally just read in that idea in a book last night. I'm reading uh, Ali Abdal, a fellow YouTuber's uh, new book, uh, Feel Good Productivity. Mm. And his, uh, his thing he's uh, trying to explore and what he's teaching in this book is that being successful and being productive doesn't make you happy. Being happy and feeling good makes you successful and productive. Mm. So there's this experiment at the beginning of the book that said they, they have two groups of people. One group, they didn't give them anything good before they had like this task, this puzzle they had to do. The other group, they gave them a bag of candy. Hmm. And the group with the bag of candy, they did much better. They were more creative. Wow. They were more insightful. So there's something to putting yourself in a good mood and trying to do things to make yourself feel good before approaching a hard task because you're much more creative and you're much more thoughtful and you'll, you'll see things you didn't see before. There's truth to that. So what I'm hearing you say is next time you drop a hard video for me to edit, you're gonna, <laughs> there's going to be a bag of candy on my desk. Yeah, or maybe you're going to start realizing that when I do nice things, yeah. there's going to be something really bad behind the corner. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. So I think we're on number, my numbering system got way off. I think we're on number four now. This is probably my favorite method for studying ever. And if you've watched my channel for any amount of time, uh, you would have heard me mention this. And I use this every single day for everything. And it's the Pomodoro method. Have you started using that yet? Um, I have, I've played with it. Mm. I'm not, I do, I do it at least once a day usually. Okay, okay. So, so do my kids and I try to get them My to toes do are dipped. <laughs> As they say, <laughs> as they as they say, uh, so the Pomodoro method. If you don't know what this is, it's a fantastic way to kind of hack yourself to get you to start moving and be productive. And here's what it is: If I sit down to study, I'm going to set a timer for 30 minutes. During that 30 minute timer, I don't do anything. I'm not allowed to think about anything else. No one can interrupt me. I can't go anywhere. I'm right there and I'm studying for 30 minutes uninterrupted. 
And if you have a stray thought, a stray idea, like, oh, maybe I could try this one cool thing. No, no, don't. Write it down, what it is, put it away, keep studying. When that 30 minutes is done, take a five minute break. It doesn't have to be five minutes long, but just take a break. Then come back, repeat. Uh, this has worked wonders for me. And now you can, you can mix and match. Some people do Pomodoro for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. It could be 10 minutes. It could be an hour or two. The point is that you're trying to get yourself into deep, focused, time work, time-based work where you're not distracted. And the biggest hack, and this is what really kicks it for me, is when you think, okay, I need to start studying for my certification. You want to get in that mode, that mood, and you're trying to plan your day. You're thinking maybe, ah, uh, I need at least an hour to study, right? Like that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good study session. Yeah. You don't need an hour. In fact, what I would do if you're having trouble just starting that process you say, you know what, I'm going to set a Pomodoro timer for maybe 10 minutes, 10 minutes, or maybe even just five minutes. I say, I'm going to study for the next 10 minutes. That's what I'm doing. That's it. And that's all and that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to study for 10 minutes today. And that, uh, that'll mark my, I study today off on my checkbox. That does an amazing thing for your brain. First of all, if you're trying to maintain a, a habit of studying, marking that off, maintaining that chain of habits is super great for your mood and uh and just habits in general but what you'll find and i think they did an experiment with a gym with this too Mm. is if you just if you do that first 10 minutes it's so easy just keep going yeah because it's the initial start it's that push start yeah it's just getting going it's that momentum have you ever experienced that um Actually, Mikhail, this is something we saw on like a, I don't know, it was like a YouTube show or something. It was like a cleaning hack. And it's like, start cleaning your house for 10 minutes. And it's that same kind of idea mm. where at, once you're already up and you're already started, it's like so much easier. Like, okay, well, I'll just add the dishes to that or fold that laundry that's been collecting dust or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, it makes sense though. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes it works to my detriment. Like I'll, I've been working on my server project. And I'll, like, I'll tell my wife, hey, I'm going to go to the studio real quick. I'll be like 10 minutes. I'm just going to do something real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, then I get a call from my daughter like five hours later. Hey, dad, uh, dinner's ready. <laughs> so it can, it can work in uh, detrimental ways. But for the most part, it's amazing. If you just, just commit to 10 minutes, just do that. And maybe it is 10 minutes you study for. That was more than what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. It's extremely helpful. Uh, now, there's a lot of ways to do the Pomodoro routine like the app uh what apps do you guys have now my favorite one is an app on the iphone called forest i like this one because you get to plant like little trees for every (laughs) for every like time thing you do so like i'll normally like pray for 15 minutes and meditate so i'll plant little bushes and then uh when i work for 30 minutes i'll you know plant full-on trees sometimes some uh, coconut trees and the plants are based off of the amount of focus. Yeah, yeah. So the, the more time you focus, the bigger they are. At the end of the day, you have like a little farm of. Or I guess oh, that orchard. sounds lovely. It is nice. So I tell my girls because I, I make them do it for school because they do have a hard time focusing. I'm like, you know what? Just do pomodoros. Sit down. Set the timer thirty minutes. Focus on your math. Don't do anything else. And my expectation of them every day is I want to see a forest full of trees at the end of the day. It's so small. It sounds kind of dumb. Like it sounds silly, but it works. Those little hacks work. That almost goes back to the dopamine thing too, mm-hmm. that app. And that's also like, I'm kind of going to read through this after and see what other apps people are using. Cause yeah. I like those little like, like, Hey, you're doing a good job moments. <laughs> I need them. Yeah. Go ahead. That's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that's one thing too. Like 
you can easily go through a day and be like, where did that day go? I'm not even sure what I did. Doing the Pomodoro, just like within a work day or a school day or whatever you're doing, makes you be more intentional with your time. Like, I'm, and I normally have like a task assigned to my time. So I'll say like, in this moment, I'm going to be scripting a video. Or in this moment, I'm going to be studying. So I can kind of track what I did. And I can look back over my day and go, oh, you know what? I actually feel pretty good about my day. I knocked out like 20 Pomodoros. It's a rock solid day. Yeah. Um, and that kind of stuff is really important. Uh, we're going to rock right into the next habit. And uh, this is a really important one. Take care of yourself. Um, studying can be a grind. And some of us get into the grind uh, mode where like, we're just like studying all the time, hours and hours. We're spending weekends. And maybe you're sacrificing taking care of your mind, your body. You're not eating right. You're not working out. That's going to hurt you so badly in the long run. Uh, kind of what we did just now talking about dopamine and getting those mm -hmm. hits uh, and then helping you focus better when you approach studying or any kind of hard task. Working out and eating right, it's going to turn this thing into a supercomputer. It's going to make you yeah. amazing. Uh, how you treat your body is going to be is going to impact how you can study, how you can recall those facts, learn and pretty much do everything. So you have you cannot skip a regular exercise routine. You cannot skip eating at least okay. Like I don't, I don't have the best diet, but you shouldn't be eating, you know, a bag of Funyuns every day or something. Uh, Mountain Dew. Yeah, says it, the guy it's who's not just Red your. Bull. Yeah, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just your mind that's working towards your certification or goal. It's like your all of you, your whole body, I, I and like everything that. too. I like that. It's not just your mind; it's your whole body. That's good. Uh, and uh, what did I write here? Oh, you know what's so funny is I, I wrote down for this step that Ali Abdal thing I told you about. Mm. Um, so you beat me to it. It's because I was also watching some Ali Abdal videos earlier. <laughs> yeah, got that vibe. Uh, so, chat, what do you guys do to take care of yourself? So, like, for me, um, kind of like studying, you have to work yourself. You, you have to schedule in the things to take care of yourself. They're not going to happen by accident. You have to be purposeful with your time. So, for me, it's normally... I'll come to the studio, I'll get like maybe two or three, two or three things done, and then I'll go straight to my rowing machine and do 15 minutes of that. And just that, that alone, puts me in a whole different mindset, releases those, those endorphins from working out, and it's super helpful. And I know you and I have recently been doing, like between our Pomodoro sessions, we'll do push-ups. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. incredibly helpful. Yeah, even just like, I'll, I'll do the Pomodoro or whatever while I'm editing, and like just to take that break and just like, get out of that headspace, do a few push-ups, come back to it, and it's like it's like a reset for your mind, mm -hmm. your mental cache or something. Is, yeah, like you, you know? You, a, like, a little uh, reboot in the computer. Yeah, exactly. It helps there, too, yeah. I mean, yeah, because, like, I'll, I'll be, you know, 30 minutes in, in the zone, like, researching something or, like, trying to figure out a problem or why isn't this network mm -hmm. coming up? And you get, like, a lot of cortisol releasing your brain, frustration, stress. But going, like, doing some push-ups and trying to, like, re you know, max it out, that like just going through that strenuous uh, activity releases endorphins and uh, gets your mind focused on something else, get the blood pumping to your brain better. And you come back to your seat and you got a whole new perspective. You can approach the problem in a different way. Um, and you could, you know, this is why I used to always, when I worked in a corporate environment, uh, I wouldn't eat lunch because uh, normally when I would eat lunch, I would eat way too much <laughs> and I'd be so sluggish and tired and I wouldn't get anything done for the rest of the day. Uh, normally what I would do is work out. So I would take my lunch hour, work out, and oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Like I, I was more productive at the tail end of the day than the beginning because of that just that change in, in mood and uh, 
uh, and energy, honestly, just the energy you get from that. So take care of yourself. <laughs> uh, the next one here, this one is huge. And you, again, if you've been watching me for any amount of time, you'll know this already. Community. You cannot do this alone. You can try. You can try to do it alone. It's, it's going to be hard. You're going to be going uphill. If you jump into a community and you get around people who can encourage you, like, and then what I mean is like you get into a community, like for example, we have a community on Network Chuck Academy where you can get in there and you can ask someone to like hold you accountable, like say, hey, I want to get my A plus in six months. Can you like hold me accountable? And I want to study like three days a week. I want to come in here and maybe talk with you guys. Can you, can you encourage me? And they might ask you to do the same thing. That kind of stuff, just a small amount of community, it makes a world of difference. Uh, it doesn't have to be online. It could be in person. Maybe you ask your spouse, your best friend, whatever, to help you and stay accountable. That could be something too. But community is massive every area in your life. But for studying, this is big. And if you can find people who are studying for the same certification and like walk the same path as them, that's massive, which I have you guys doing mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, that's like... I mean, we're in like the beginning stages of learning A plus, but mm -hmm. it's like even just like being excited about it because it's all like, oh, like we're all gonna do this together, and we're we're like can learn it at the same time and be talking about the ideas we're learning, and like maybe even helping each other flesh out an understanding a little better of certain areas or whatever. Like, it's so much easier to do that when you have somebody else you're talking to about it. You mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's massive. And um, uh, we actually just started our uh, free community on the Network Check Academy. If you want to go check mm -hmm. that out, um, there should be a link that pops up every once in a while from our night bot here. If not, I'll have uh, Michaela maybe paste it here in a bit. She is watching the stream and managing the stream for us right now. Um, but let me know, how do you guys handle community? So I know many of you are in community. Uh, what do you do? What, what's your method? Do you have people hold you accountable? Do you do the same for, for them? What, how do you live in community? Or maybe you don't and you're looking for community. Let us know if you need that. Um, Especially uh, A+, because I'm in that those chats, and yeah. I need more A-plus people hey, in my hey. circle. So check it out, Network Check Academy. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Now, this one is, um, this is a, this could be its own video. And this is probably the, the majority of where I spend my time trying to figure out good study habits. And I've never talked about this on the channel uh, because I've, I've always been terrible at it, but I've had to change my mind on it. And that's how to take good notes. Do mm. you take good notes, Austin? I take a lot of notes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll wait until you tell me what good notes are. Oh, I'm about to bust it out here. <laughs> so, uh... And I'm going to come at it from this perspective in that most of the uh, best IT training you can find out there is going to be in video form. And I'm not just biased on that, but uh, it's the truth. I mean, if you're going to study IT, the best way to be taught that I, I believe is through video, through someone walking you through it like they were sitting there with you. And that's what I try to do through my training. So how do you take notes effectively and that medium from that? That's kind of hard. Because like in a book, you can go to a book and be like, okay, Okay, I can take my time and write that down. But when you're trying to listen to somebody, maybe you're taking notes on what I'm saying right now. You got to like be effective. You got to know what you're doing. So here are my tips for how to take the best notes. Are you taking notes? I'm going to be taking notes on this as well. <laughs> uh, the first thing, and this is kind of controversial, and I want to hear what you guys think of this. 
Handwritten notes only. Mm. How do you feel about that? Whoa. <laughs> the silence, the awkwardness. I'm curious how the chat feels about that. How does the chat feel about that? Wow. <laughs> so coming from sticky notes, I agree. Yeah. Now, so I have not always been this way. I used to think like handwritten notes, that's dumb. Now, I would still be on that boat if I didn't have something like the iPad with the Apple Pencil, where I can just take endless digital notes and I can turn that into a PDF. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But writing things down does something for you. Uh, first, I, and this is what I've noticed, it, there's something like just doing it like physically, like writing it out, writing these characters and the way you learn how to write in the first place is different. It connects with your mind different. It connects with ideas differently versus typing. Uh, the other thing, and this is probably your biggest complaint, I write slower than I type. I can type down notes so much faster than writing. That's the point though. Writing forces you to slow down. It forces you mm -hmm. to write less actually. And that's uh, one of the main things I wanna talk about when writing notes is do not write things word for word ever, ever. If you hear like someone say something cool or maybe you're watching a video or you're reading some notes, never write down verbatim what you're hearing or seeing. That's just regurgitating. That's just going, oh yeah. You don't even process the information. No mm. phrases, no definitions. You want to write things as you understand them and then write them in your own words. So, for example, if you're watching a video and you like hear a cool concept, you get to the, the end of the idea, you're like, oh my gosh, that was good. I want to write that down. It's okay to pause the video, but don't rewind and try to listen to it again. Write down from memory what you just heard. You also, and, and here's kind of a, a rule of thumb. Uh, if you hear or read 200 words, for every 200 words, write five. Kind of that amount mm. of uh, brevity there. And you want to listen to an entire idea and then write notes about what you understand. If you don't understand it, then write a question and then go deeper afterwards. Interesting. So y'all, yeah, so say it's like, I don't know, just to make it something simple, like a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. And you would listen to that, like, essentially idea to idea or thought to thought. Mm -hmm. And then you would just pause in between those and write down, like, in your own words. I, I'm, I guess I'm just saying out loud what you just said, but it's very yeah. interesting. I don't take notes like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's definitely hard because, like, I've just now myself gotten into that mode. And I'll, I'll do this at church. Um, so the pastor's up there. He's preaching. There's no pause button, right? You just gotta you gotta take notes as you can, and you and you, what I do is I wait until I get the entire idea. I'm like, okay, that was good. I'm not gonna write it verbatim. I'm gonna write what I think it means, what I understand it to be, and just processing that leads to so much more clarity, mm. understanding, and um, recall for you. It's massive. So notes should always equal not what the book says or what the video says. Notes should equal what you understand. Yeah. What you got from it. And then uh, <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I should go through all my, my notes on notes or if <laughs> I should give you just a few highlights and jump to a, maybe a main video on this. Um, this one's an interesting way to do it, though. So after you take your notes, let's say you're, you're studying a module for A+, or maybe you're, you're studying a hacking concept. Um, within 24 hours, after you've noted, jotted down your notes, go back and do a concept called adding flesh. 
Mm. And I love the concept because it sounds so visceral. Like you're, you're going to remember <laughs> that because like I said, adding flesh. Yeah. And what it means is go back and you, your notes, if you're doing it correctly, will be kind of quick. Be jotted down straight from like, your, you know, your brain to paper, very quick, very brief, because you don't have a lot of time. Go back and add flesh. Turn them into complete sentences, complete ideas, paragraphs. Add more to it from what you can remember. Um, you want to keep returning to your notes and adding more to them. And I want I want to get you guys in this idea. I used to take notes in like a notebook, um, and I would label that notebook like A plus studies or CCMP mm. studies, and that's where those notes lived. Don't do that. Start creating a knowledge base for yourself that contains notes for everything you're learning, and start to curate that for yourself. Hmm. So if, I mean, if you work on a help desk, you got a knowledge base to where you, you, I hope you do at least, where you refer to it for tickets that come in for your company. You're like, hey, how do I reset that printer IP again? Let me go look at the knowledge base and you got the stuff here. Start doing that for yourself. So as you're learning new IT concepts, don't just say, I learned that in A plus and it goes back in the shelf, the smiling cabinet I'll never see again. No, make it part of your IT holistic foundational training. Like this is how a printer works or this is what an IP address is. And as you build on those concepts, keep returning back to those notes and make them better. Add more to it. Like, okay, I learned that an IP address has four octets. Cool, that's what I learned. Come back to it again. Oh, um, it's it's this. Like, I can't even, like, I'm, I'm running out of coffee here. <laughs> but you keep building on the concept. You keep adding flesh to it. And every time you touch a note, you make it better. Uh, you kind of want to view, and this is what I told my daughters to make it more real. You want to view your note uh as a creature, a living monster, a living document that you're just kind of building it. Like think Frankenstein, you're just kind of building into uh, a better and better note. Uh, one thing you can do to make notes better is a thing called progressive summarization, which I, I, don't, I don't have time to go into that too much, but it basically involves uh, when you see a note, like let's say you have a whole page of notes, you go through and you start to highlight things that are important. So that way when you get back to the note later, you can immediately really fast uh, really, in a quick way, pick out the most important things to help you remember the mm. concepts. So, I mean, yeah, let's say you got a note about, I don't know, AI and uh, how it trains and how many parameters there are. And uh, it uses a, a neural network and all these notes. It, it might be kind of, it might be kind of hard to come back to that note and yeah. like really quickly speed read mm. 30 paragraphs to find out what you need. Every time you touch it, Highlight what you think is important. And you might even want to go like take some bits and put it at the beginning in your own words to make it more findable, more searchable. That's super interesting. How often do you um, go back? Like, is there a certain number where you, where you feel like, okay, this is probably good now? Or do you like, it's just always for life? For life. Um, but so, some notes, they're going to get dusty. They're going to have some cobwebs. Mm. Some notes I won't touch for a while. The goal is that whenever you come back to a note and you do touch it, you have to see it again, make it better, leave it better than how it was. Do you know what, uh, I wrote it down. Do you know what the forgetting curve is? I do know what the forgetting curve is. Is that what that's based off of or just compliments it? Maybe compliments so it. So the forgetting curve for those who don't know is like the amount of time that's passed, your memory, like your brain will just naturally start to forget stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the better ways to combat it is to continuously come back and return to that knowledge. And like what you're saying, like mm -hmm. adding to it, making it better and stuff. And basically, if you put it on a chart, it would be like memory and time. 
And every time you go back, the curve gets shallower and shallower mm, of what you're forgetting. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's pretty interesting. We're going to hit that here in a bit <laughs> when I talk about one of my favorite tools. Uh, someone said the, uh, the audio is a bit funky. Yeah, we had a bit of audio issues as we're coming into the stream. We could have said, you know, stream, but you know what? We're going to keep to our stream schedule. So it'll be better next time, I promise. Maybe keep those headphones at three quarters volume. <laughs> <laughs> and pretend it sounds awesome. Uh, oh, and this is, so I've been playing with this idea of, of taking notes and then I'll, that'll be my last, actually, no, I've got two more things on notes and I'll be done. I'll be done. Um, you want to make your notes as visual as possible. Mm. We, uh, our brain can deal with visuals, pictures better than it can deal with words. So often when I'm taking notes, uh, I'll try to draw a picture of what, what I'm learning. Just just something fun. That is can, that why you doodle us in the morning sometimes? It is. It is. <laughs> I see you doodling too. Like when I'm taking notes on IT stuff or when I'm like taking notes on a sermon, if it's like a cool idea that I really want to like cement in my brain, I'll doodle on the side. Uh, and just because we're visual creatures, that helps so much. It doesn't have to be a doodle. It could be like maybe you're, you're uh, taking... So this is... I forgot to mention this. I do take my handwritten notes and I convert them into typed notes. And uh, I'll include the original PDF, but I'll go in there and kind of digest what I wrote and uh, add flesh to it, so to speak, and, and create a, a typed out note. And sometimes I'll go out and add pictures or maybe, this is really fun, I'll ask AI to generate some pictures for me to help me like really illustrate and, and picture that idea when I think about it. And then uh, we're gonna jump right into the next one. I think it is the next one, let me double check. Oh yes, it is, perfect. So once you, have, once you have your notes written out, typed up, you're adding flesh, they're awesome, you've been taking great notes, the next step is to take action on those notes. You wanna do something with them, not just have them sit there like, oh, I accumulated knowledge and it's just sitting there, I wanna do something with it. One of those things is to create Anki flashcards. Now, not everything needs to be memorized. Uh, you don't need to memorize every little jot of information. Like if you try to memorize everything for the A+, you would die. <laughs> I would look a lot more stressed out right now. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. Uh, so, But there are things you have to memorize. And, and for an exam, they kind of like highlight that. And that's another kind of study hack, little bonus right here, is when you're studying for an exam, they do a pretty good job at like highlighting what's important. If you look at the exam objectives, they'll like point out on a bullet point, please know how wireless networks work. We're going to ask you about it. We are. Or if you're re reading a book, they might bring up a key topic or exam topic and it'll be highlighted with the star or something like, yeah, you might want to memorize that. They're pointing it out for you. Or if it's in a chart, charts are normally a good indication. Maybe I should memorize that chart. So back to what you're saying, the forgetting curve. Mm -hmm. um, have you, I, I've told you about Anki, but have you ever started using Anki? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I use Anki all the time. Forgetting curve? <laughs> If only you had Anki for your Anki, brother. Uh, so Anki's a flashcard program. Flashcards, we're not new to those, right? you got a deck of uh, note cards, write something on the front, a definition. On the back, you have the question, whatever. Flip it over, mm -hmm. see if you know it, memorize it, whatever. I do a lot for scripture memory, have the verse location and the verse on the back. Uh, but Anki's a digital flashcard program, similar to like Quizlet, if you want a paid program. But Anki's open source. I think it's open source. Maybe it's not. It is free, though. The killer part about Anki is the idea of spaced repetition. Mm. Have you heard that before? That sounds familiar. So the idea is that when you're, let's say you're studying, um, 
USB types, you know, like USB mm. 2.0, USB 3.0, um, or maybe like, even like a verse, trying to memorize a verse. You, you hit that card, you got it memorized, great. Uh, when it, you're going to forget that in probably, what, a day, two days? Mm-hmm. And Anki knows that. So it's going to give that card to you. So you open the app, you have certain cards to review every day. It'll give you that card the next day. If you get it right, awesome. It's going to give it to you again in three days. Mm. You get it right, awesome. It'll give it to you in a week. Get it right, awesome. A month. I've got cards in here that I won't see for 10 years. <laughs> the idea is that it spaces out the repetition and nestles that wonderful idea you're trying to remember into your long-term memory. And it does That's pretty it. cool. I mean, you could review the facts every day, and that would eventually get into your brain. That's so inefficient. So what it does is efficiently helps you to recall the ideas um, without stressing yourself out. Because if you're like me, you're trying to you know, remember and memorize lots of things, lots of facts all the time. This saves you a ton of time. I've used Anki so much in my study and my career. It's free. I think it's Anki.net. Check it out. If you want the app on your phone, um, you do have to pay like a one-time, I think I paid 30 bucks for it 10 years ago, and that was it. So I've been using it ever since then. And uh, my one advice for creating flashcards is um, don't just download a flashcard deck. They do have those where you can download a deck that's pre-made, like maybe you're learning networking and they have all the CCNA networking concepts in a nice flashcard deck. That's good. It's good to do, and that's going to help you, but you'll get the most amount of bang for your buck by creating your own and adding a bunch of fun things to it yourself. Adding pictures, adding maybe your own voice. You can add like multimedia to these flashcards. Mm. It's killer. Um, and then one more thing I would take action on with your notes and that's identify where you are weak and focus on those areas. And what ways you can do that is with like taking exams, practice tests. Um, we can go more into that, but that's not one of my main, main points I wanna hit here. So we'll move on. Um, this one, I think we're on number nine at this point. Who's counting? I'm not even sure. Yeah, that is not. Station with about any given topic. Um, and where this is helpful is, you know, one of the best ways to learn something is to be able to, you know, learn it. And then, you know, you know it well when you can explain it simply. That's the, the old uh, quote. I have it here, actually. Let me see. Uh, maybe I don't have it. Um, I'll say just from like starting out to like not knowing anything in AI, I mean, sorry, in IT, being able to use AI for just like, like not having to look stupid and ask you like, uh, <laughs> what does the IP address mean? You know? And it's like, I mean, you could Google most of that stuff, but like having the, something like ChatGPT even where you can just like bounce ideas off of, or like, am I getting this right? And then it regurgitate back. It's super helpful tool. And then like starting when I was like learning Python, dabbling a little bit, mm -hmm. running that, doing a quick code check through Py, uh, AI and having it point out what I'm doing wrong and stuff like that stuff is super helpful. Yeah. So it's, it's helpful because yeah, you can do a Google was what we used before, right? To, uh, and we still use it to research things, but the killer thing with AI is you can talk back to it. And that for me is what I use all the time. So mm -hmm. if I'm like, I'll be talking with it, like, please explain this to me, explain this to me. And I'll go, okay, I think I understand it. Now let me tell it what I think it means. So I'll say, hey, here's, here's what I'm thinking this means. Tell me if I'm wrong. And then it'll correct me or tell me I'm doing great. Like, yeah, that's, that's a great way to explain it. That might be like, you know what? I have an analogy for that. Maybe, um, here, let me, let me, let me is, is this like pizza? Is it a, around like a pizza? Like <laughs> some dumb analogy I might come up with. 
and it'll tell me if it's a good analogy, if it makes sense, if it, if it checks. And that's so powerful to just have that there with you because you don't always have someone there with you to tell you when you're, you're being stupid or to explain mm-hmm. a concept for you. That's huge. So I would encourage you guys to like have AI beside you to help you learn. Um, if anything, it helps you. It, it's because it's like Google's still kind of important. Yeah. It kind of eliminates the need to Google everything. Mm-hmm. You can kind of just get the key things and then go fact check those things. So yeah, it's still a little janky sometimes. It is janky. Normally, I, I kind of start my journey with Google and I'll find an article and I'm like, okay, I think I get it. And then I'll jump into AI and I'll be like, ChatGPT, can you explain this concept to me? I'm like, okay, I kind of got that in the article. Let me dive deeper. Let me ask it questions. Let me probe it. And you can do that. It's so cool. Um, if you're not doing any kind of studying with AI yet, you need to try it out. Let me know in the chat, how are you guys, or are you studying with AI yet? And how does that look? Or are you doing it yet? <laughs> let me slow down. And if you, uh, if you are studying with AI, let us know how you're doing it. Because right now, I just kind of have ChatGPT set up next to me, and I ask it questions on things. I go deep dive. Sometimes my chats are just years long. It's, it's, it's amazing how crazy you can get going down that rabbit hole. Uh, but it's super fun. Uh, number 10, and I'm realizing that my list messed up, so I actually have 11. There's that bonus one we're talking about. <laughs> uh, number 10 is express or teach what you learn. And this kind of goes into play with, like, with trying to explain it to AI. But this is bigger than that. And you've heard me say this before if you've watched me for any amount of time. But you need to take what you're learning and teach it. Express it somehow. Uh, give back to the community. Make a YouTube video. Make a blog. Um, be, be public with your studying. And I always say this, like, uh, study in public. Uh, this is part of what I do with my YouTube channel. Um, and that's what it started out, really. I, I wanted to help people get into IT and be encouraged to study. It's also a place for me to just to kind of express what I'm learning and see if it makes sense. And by teaching, you get so much more understanding. Like, it is crazy mm-hmm. to learn a concept well enough to be able to tell it back to someone. That's huge. That's huge. That's how you know you know it. Um, if you just kind of learn a topic passively and do nothing with that knowledge, like you think you understand it, I could probably pass a test with this. It's not good enough. You need to be able to do something with it, take action on it. I think one of the best ways is teaching it, uh, getting it out there, making a YouTube video, again, making a blog, or maybe just telling a friend. Like um, sometimes I'll try to, actually I'll use, use, guy, use you guys as a guinea pig. Use guys? Use guys, <laughs> again. I'm uh, fading fast. <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, sometimes I'll use you guys as a, a test bed. I'll say, mm-hmm. like, hey, I have this concept. Yeah. It's very complex. I'm trying to explain it very simply. Can I tell you guys? Does it make sense when I tell you this? Or I would tell my wife or maybe even my kids. But like, hey, does this make sense? And I would use them as my, my test to see if I know it well enough. And uh, I want to see you guys do more of that. It'd be <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah, I've dabbled with that like just a tiny bit when I was... I was like, I think the first thing I was doing was learning about different operating systems, made some mock videos of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even in that, like so simple, like even like the way I was taking notes for that was different knowing I need to be able to explain this. And so it's like kind of, I was almost naturally taking the notes into my own words just because I'm, I'm trying to grasp this thing in a way that I could tell you know my wife or a friend mm-hmm. or, or you know whoever it's really really interesting how much that helps well it's i think it's so interesting too when you when you hear something like when you're studying something and you're like 
okay, yeah, I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. But then you think, okay, how would I tell someone about this? And you're like, oh, <laughs> I actually don't understand this at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just saying this. I, I, I'm just saying marketing verbiage. I, I got to really change this up and understand it. So yeah, being able to teach it and, and explain it to someone simply, if you can't explain it simply, then you don't really understand it. I think that's the quote. That is so key. And then uh, my bonus one, actually, I think I already gave it away. Um, set a schedule to review your notes. So you kind of asked me like, how? what's your process for reviewing notes? Yeah. If I'm just creating notes on like things I'm, projects I'm working on, I probably won't touch them again until I hit another project like that. But if I'm studying for something, I'll probably set a weekly mm. like schedule to go through and go, okay, I made all these notes from last week. Let me review yeah. them. And should I take action on any of these? Should I make a blog post out of this? Should I make a YouTube video out of that? Um, should I make flashcards for this? Because I need to memorize those things based on the requirements of what, what I'm currently doing. And it could be studying for an exam or it could just be I'm trying to understand the concept of Seth and storage for my stinking NAS right here. <laughs> so I had to learn that from the ground up last week. Um, and I got a lot of notes on that. And then a practice test, I kind of mentioned that already. If you're really studying for a test, um, you want to make sure you're using the best time or the best use of your time. So you could spend, you know, you could learn the entire concepts, everything uh, through the curriculum and the exam topics. And then how do you know you know it? How do you know you're ready? Take a practice test. See how you do. And a lot of these practice tests, like shout out to Boson Software, who I love, and they're a great sponsor of ours. They have the best practice test out there. And when you take them, like say, you know, CompTIA Plus or mm-hmm. the CCNA, they'll give you a score report saying, you know what? You did great on computer hardware. You don't know anything about networking. So yeah. if you're a dumb dumb, go study that. <laughs> so that's where I would focus all your time. Focus on your weaknesses. Um, double down on that because you're already, you're already good with computer hardware. Focus on the weaknesses. Um, that'll save you a ton of time and that'll get you on the way to your exam. So those are my top 10 slash 11 study habits. Uh, let me check the... What are you laughing about? <laughs> Every once in a while she laughs. I don't know if she's laughing at the chat or laughing at us. She won't talk. <laughs> I want to jump into the Q&A real quick that we uh, asked earlier. If I can figure out how to get back in there. Um, did, I think we got a question earlier from Cruelger about what note-taking app do you use on your iPad? Ooh, we actually had a great discussion about that today. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so I use an app called Notability. Uh, really, it was the first one I ever found, and I'm a big fan of it. I've been using it ever since. Um, you switched to it this morning. I did. <laughs> uh, what you- um, we were having a note app um, battle, and at the end of it, he convinced me to switch from good notes to... What is it? Notability. Notability. I need to revisit that to memorize the name of the app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Um, you, you can change your colors. You can um, write on it. <laughs> it's, it's a note app. It's a note app. You can highlight. Um, you can export it to PDF, which is what I do. So normally, like, even when I'm like working on thumbnails, so thumbnails for my YouTube videos, I will sketch out the thumbnail and I'll export it out to my my thumbnail artist. And uh, of course, I. I write all my notes down in here, export it to PDF, put it in my main notes app, which my main notes app I use right now. I used to be a huge Evernote user. I did Notion for a little bit. Now I'm gung-ho, sold out. I'm done with Obsidian. It's amazing. That'll be another video for another time. Um, man, I cannot figure out how to get to those questions. <laughs> this is killing me. <laughs> we have one question from Arav 
Jane, I think that's how I pronounce it. Network Chuck, help. I'm 13 and I want my CompTIA A+. How do I get it? What do I need to study? Well, I, I would say pull up the exam topics for the CompTIA A+. So I, the first exam is the 1101. It's a two exam uh, certifications. You have the 1102 is the second one. CompTIA publishes it right now. You can see it on the internet. Their exam topics and go from there. Uh, right now, for free, you can get a ton of stuff on, on the internet, YouTube, Professor Messer. Don't let anything stop you right now. Like, don't let lack of resources keep you from studying for the A+, like right now. Like even after this video, set a Pomodoro timer for 10 minutes and go watch a video. Learn one of the concepts from the exam topics. Now, normally when I'm studying for an exam and I have like a, a finite, a, a list of topics I have to know, I'll kind of create a spreadsheet of, off of that. And I'll get, I'll go, okay, I, I learned IP addresses. Perfect. Check. I'm good. And just go down the list. And that's why I love, again, I love certifications, but that's what I would do. Um, the other thing I would do is jump into our community, uh, Network Check Academy. We've got a free one right now. The link should be somewhere around here because Austin and Alex and Nick are all going to be studying for it with our team here. And I'll be actually creating content along with them to help them study. So it's going to be mm -hmm. pretty fun. So I would love to see you in there. Uh, let me see if we have any. Do we have a queue of uh, questions, Michaela? Yet? Not yet. Um, so I, I think people filled in my study habits questions with a bunch of uh, other things. Uh oh. <laughs> so I'm gonna try and sift through a few of these. Someone said, "Don't study. Don't be like that guy." That was a random guy. Uh, one guy says, "I will constantly take practice tests and then review content that I got wrong." All mm. continually in a cycle. Get a 90% for five plus tests in a row and you're good. That is a good process I th to, to a point. Um, I think you do have diminishing returns at, at a certain point because you start to memorize the questions. At that point, you're, you're testing your ability to memorize the practice test and not knowing the content. So I'd be careful with that. Practice tests are good for like the, the quick hits after you've spent a lot of time studying, but I wouldn't revisit them too many times. Uh, but if it's working for you also, like that's that's fantastic because you, you get used to the uh, the questions, the type of questions they're asking. The questions do help you memorize some of the content. Uh, we got a question from Bilal, one of our uh, Network Check Academy members. Hello, I want to ask a question. Can you give me some information about computer systems and where can I improve myself? Just like computer systems and IT in general. You know, again, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I would start with the certification. Like... Go for, maybe you're, you're brand stinking new to IT, go for like the CompTIA IT Foundations certification. Uh, if you're not so brand new, jump into the A+. That's what I would do. It gives you a, a buffet, a sampling of everything you can see in IT for the most part, and you might fall in love with one area. And that's what I love about the A+. But yeah, that's, that's the path I would take. That's what I did, um, and I can vouch for it. It gave me a great foundation, a great launch pad to choosing what I wanted to do and going crazy with that. I see um, Sinclon says, what do you think of Google cybersecurity certification for entry beginners? I think we did have that question uh, maybe last mm. week or the week before. Uh, I think it's the content, and I've looked over it a few times in the past. The content I think is solid. Like you're gonna learn a ton of stuff. As far as actually uh, paying for the certification, and taking that test, that I'm not sure is worth it yet because the name is 
I mean, I, I've already forgotten what you called it just now. The Google something, something, something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one. So, like, the name is hard to remember, but CompTIA Plus got that. CEH. Now, I'm not vouching for the CEH, but they have great branding. Um, should they give others the uh, CPTS from Hack the Box? It doesn't have great branding, which means you're not going to see very many jobs asking for it right now. So if you're trying to get it to be like a, a resume thing to put on your resume, which is the main reason, one of the main things you'll do for certifications, that's why you get them. Uh, I wouldn't maybe go for that. Uh, there are other really good ones. Uh, there's Security Plus, and you build up on that to other cybersecurity certifications. I would look at others if you are um, worried about your resume. As far as content, content's fire. Um, I see a comment from uh, Issa Sharma. Let me see if I can throw it up on the screen. I don't do this often. I'll try to find it real quick. Give me one second. Whoa, getting fancy over there. I know. <laughs> I don't think I can find it. Let me try this search one more time. No, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Um, so from Issa Sharma, they said, have you read the book Atomic Habits? Yes, and I have my team reading it now. If you've not read Atomic Habits and you're a reader, check it out. If you're not a reader, audiobook. That's what you're doing right now, yeah. right? So audiobook. It's yeah. a life changer. I was thinking of that book actually like, well, just like the main idea is just like the consistency of it. And, and so like, I guess like to keep that in mind when, with studying, it's like it doesn't matter what your schedule is and stuff as long as you're consistently doing it you will get to where you're going, mm -hmm. right? Like, you would, I'm, you know more than me, I'm assuming. But that's kind of what the book's about, too. It yeah. just breaks it down a lot better than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the big idea is that uh, stop trying to set super ambitious goals. Set habits because it's the habits that define us. Like, you are what you do on a daily basis. Your habits will define who you are. Um, so... When you think about, okay, I want to study for this or I want to study for that. I want to get my this certification. Start with, okay, what habit am I going to build to make that happen? That's where you start. And like, for example, me this year, when I set all my New Year's goals, I first set the goals, but they were nothing until I put it into habit form. Okay, what am I doing every day or every week to make sure those are accomplished? What new things, new routines am I putting into my life to make sure I move that needle forward? Um, that was a great question. Uh, we have a few, we have a super chat from cybersecurity for, I can't read your whole name. I'm not sure why it's not showing up. Let me see if I can throw it up on the screen. This probably be a failed attempt at once again. <laughs> Try one more time. I really want to do this. <gasps> I got it. I think yes. Whoa. Bam, is it coming up? There it is. Oh, and all fancy. <laughs> I feel like I can't read the whole thing, but she said, uh, can we chat for 30 minutes one-on-one -on -one this week or next week? So because I have a lot of people asking me that, I don't do one-on-ones. Uh, but I do often go into my communities, uh, specifically the Network Check Academy, and I'll, I'll post. I'll answer some questions. And actually, one thing I'm trying to do more, more uh, consistently is as I'm studying for my own certifica certifications, I want to jump in there just kind of give a status update. Like, hey, here's what I learned today. Let me express what I'm learning. So uh, I would love to see you in there and, and maybe we could chat uh, when time permits. But yeah, right now I have to be, I have to guard my time very carefully because I've got six kids and I have to prioritize my time. 
I've got Austin asking me questions about um, <laughs> IP addresses constantly. He just doesn't get it. Uh, but I appreciate your super chat. Thank you. And then we had a few members join. Uh, we got OHMS or Ohms, I guess. Oh, yeah, your, your uh, image is a lightning bolt. And then uh, Sig Orn, thank you for joining the 10X Engineer here on uh, YouTube. Let's see if we have any more questions. Uh, this is a good question from New Trends. Um, they're working on their A+, I believe, and they're a terrible test taker and want to get more exposure with pacing and reviewing objectives. Would you recommend CompTIA's Cert Master software? Ooh, great question. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Let me answer this with uh, two answers. Yes, if you want a really good look at what they're going to have on the exam, because they, uh, you would assume that the people who make the exam are, and if they're the same people also making the training certification software material, that they're going to match up and, and meet all the objectives, you're probably going to be right. So that, that's good. So it's probably a safe bet to get that, that uh, training. But it's expensive, like really expensive. And if you priced it out, like it's, it's crazy. So I think the knowledge can be found in other places a lot ch more cheaply and potentially a lot more entertaining <laughs> and more fun. That's what I would say. Um, it is good. It is good. But man, if I'm looking at like when I was back in the day and like every every dollar I spent had to really count, I I wouldn't get that. I would have gone for YouTube, CBT Nuggets, IT Pro TV, really any other place that has really good entertaining instructors. And yeah, <laughs> that's what I would do. Oh, I didn't realize that you're probably posting questions over here, Michaela. <laughs> or do you have any in there? No, not yet. What time is it? Okay, we got about eight minutes, so we can go through a few more questions here. So if you have any questions, just kind of fill it in, guys. We'll uh, answer them here in a bit. Uh, Ian Lin is asking, is Kali Linux a good starting point for a noob? Yeah, but depending on what you want to do. So I'm assuming since you're saying Kali Linux, then that's like you want to learn ethical hacking to some degree. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't know what your immediate goal is, but I think Kali Linux or really any flavor of Linux you're going to have fun with. So maybe Ubuntu, um, but it just depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, I would... Yeah, I'm not sure what you're trying to do. But yeah, it's a great start for a noob. Ubuntu, Kali Linux, um, uh, Parrot OS is good. But yeah, I don't know what you're doing. So yeah, it's a great start to learn Linux. I actually see a question uh, that I can answer. Can I uh, go for it, bro? Go for it. Un uh, unnow boss, unknow boss 0132 says, Hey, I have a question. When I open my browser, it shows up as Yahoo. I change all my default settings to Google and it doesn't work. <laughs> that is funny so enough. Funny. Is I so had funny. that problem and it took me like two months. He did. My, Michaela's laughing because it was like my complaint every day. Um, first of all, before you listen to me, make sure you don't have any malicious <laughs> software on your computer. But what for some reason I I still don't even quite know why I just reset my actual Google account settings like complete reset. It's annoying. You have to relog in everything, but it it got rid of that issue. 
I had to I had to spare them the the heartache I went through. That's amazing because you had that problem for a long time. Oh my! It was my biggest complaint, like every day. Mm-hmm. That was rough, dude. <laughs> oh no! I was trying to find this chat. Where to go? All right, I threw this up there. Uh, where is it on there? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it from? Oh, Noah. Just want to shout Noah out. He's doing a Security Plus this summer. That's awesome, Noah. Um, very cool to see you have your goal set. Uh, maybe put your why somewhere in the comment. Comments some here, uh, somewhere here. That's awesome having that goal. So what else we got here? Oh, I saw someone talking about the Pal World. This one dude said he uh, <laughs> slept <laughs> for two days. <laughs> Is it that fun? It's got to be. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to buy it. I've heard a lot of things about it. Maybe if it comes to VR. Yeah, you will do VR. I'm so excited. I'll be picking up my uh, my Vision Pro. Apple Vision Pro? Yeah, Saturday, 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 right? Saturday, yep. I'm very I can't, excited. I can't wait to accidentally be in the neighborhood on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm wearing it to church. Uh, we got a super chat, or not a super chat, just a chat from uh, Switzerland. We got Malusin. Uh, I passed my CompTIA Plus a few days ago, and I'm starting a new job, help desk in February. That's amazing. Congrats. That's so cool. Uh, I remember passing my A Plus and what, what that did for my career. It was pretty cool. It was fun. We got Mr. Jayco just saying, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we got a, a chat from Excalibur. Let me see if we can put it up on there real quick. I like this one. I was literally about to read that one. Let's see. So CBT Nuggets versus IT Pro TV. Which one is better? I can only afford one. That's tough because I love them both. I used to work for CBT Nuggets. Um, but I have been uh, more of a fan recently of IT Pro TV. It's it, it is what I watch, and I work with them a lot. They have a lot of fun content, and uh, I like their vibe. They have some good practice exams, and they have um, labs just built right in. I think they bought what company did they buy? Um, some lab company that was oh, practicelabs.net, I think. So they're they're like totally integrated. It is awesome. So, anyways, I think I would recommend IT Pro TV. I'm a big fan recently. Hope that helps. Reed uh, Mackin says, what do you think about going to college for someone who wants to get into ethical hacking? Ooh, good question. Uh, so my opinion on, on, uh, <laughs> on college, on university, and IT is very low. I think that, especially ethical hacking, a degree... It's going to be at least four or five years behind what you actually need to know by the time you learn it. Uh, and I don't, depending on, so this is, this is the U.S. I can't vouch for any other country right now, but for the U.S., I think, I believe that college doesn't hold as much value for IT jobs anymore. So I don't have a degree. I never got one. I did, I did start one at one point thinking it would help me. And I realized really quickly, like, this isn't going to help me at all. Like, no, none of the employers I'm, like, trying to apply or any, any of the jobs I'm applying for, they don't care about this. They don't, they're not asking for that. Um, and even, even if they are, they, it's just kind of like a, a template. <laughs> they just say for your degree, they don't really care about that. They want people who know their stuff. So I'd say like right now in the U S for like ethical hacking, 
networking, uh, system administration, cloud, it's certifications. Certifications and a good portfolio, proof of what you know. So start labbing, put together a portfolio, maybe start a YouTube channel. So many people have gotten jobs just by having a really amazing blog, a really amazing YouTube channel, proving what they can do. You don't have to go through the motions of college. If it's something you want, don't let me stop you. Like that's, it's still a valuable thing. It's gonna prove that you stuck with something. You will learn stuff. It is gonna look pretty good in your resume, but for the time and the money and the effort, oh man, I can't, I can't recommend it. I think you can get to where you wanna go a lot more quickly, have a lot more fun and learn a lot more by picking up certifications. But great question though. Uh, but if you're anywhere else in the world, it depends. They, they may have a really different requirement for college degrees that you have to have one to even get into that space. That's different. Here in the U.S., things are changing every year. Great question, though. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong. Naimiri Nidirea? <laughs> apologize I'm sure I got that wrong but they're asking what is the best virtual machine to use they're from Kenya from Kenya the best virtual machine to use so I I'm going to answer this question a few ways because I want to make sure I'm answering the question you're trying to ask um, the best virtual machine to use depends on what you're doing so Linux just throw up Ubuntu server don't get fancy if you're trying to learn Linux just throw that out there um, you can find Windows ISOs, if you want to run Windows for free online, Windows will let you download an evaluation copy for free. You can Google that. If you're asking what, like, what virtualization, virtualization software to use, that's a different question. Uh, I think by now, the default to use and the best one is VirtualBox. It's free and uh, it works on every platform. So Windows, Mac, Linux, it's fantastic. So I, I normally use VirtualBox when I demonstrate things for people because it is freely available. It's fairly easy to set up. Uh, beyond that, if you want to be crazy and run kind of an enterprise uh, home lab in your house, I would run things like uh, Proxmox. Actually, Proxmox is probably the only one I would look at now or XCPNG, which I haven't played with, but I, I hear great things from uh, Lawrence Tech Systems about that. But Proxmox, that's what I'm running on those bad boys up there. If I, I keep trying to point and I get caught by this thing. So I feel like a little T-Rex, just like stuff. Um, I hope that answered your question. <sighs> Shiny tech things. I was diagnosed with Hyper-V syndrome back in 2013. <laughs> it's not terminal. Is that part of your joke book? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, Hyper-V, that's all Microsoft. I don't play with it a lot. I, I, I find it okay. <laughs> I think it gets in the way though. Um, yeah, Proxmox is the way. So we are at 6.01. We're going to go ahead and end this, guys. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. I, I hope you got a lot out of just us talking and chatting about study habits and some things you can implement into your life to help you reach your goals this year. Cover some news, had some fun. Uh, and don't forget to check out our free Network Chuck Academy membership. We got a link below. Um, I'll be in there probably daily. Um, if I set my habits right, uh, documenting my study habits. And I'd love to see you in there uh, if you're not already in there. Austin, you got anything else? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's dinner time. We'll catch you guys next time.